Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Um, kind of an amazing day today. <clears throat> I would have to say I was lucky. I got breezy last night. I didn't really get any rain, nothing severe, no hail. I would have liked the rain. I, I needed as much as anybody else. But do no damage first. That's probably okay. Unfortunately, um, this week, maybe two weeks, You'd almost think it was March. The weather is warmer than it normally is. Plenty of sun. The highs and the lows are really going to be fantastic for being out in the garden. And while everybody may start jumping up and down, oh my gosh, look at how great this weather is going to be. Well, there's some things we have to think about in this weather. Number one, and, and I suggest you prepare yourself for this, there's a lot of insects that normally, normally would be dormant right now. But this weather has been, no, nah, the bugs are going to be out. Now, for your garden, that's a risk, although there are too many easy ways to control pests in your garden. I'm more thinking about things like wasps, yellow jackets, things like that. I've seen some flying around already. It's like, uh, this is early for them. They shouldn't be out. So you want to pay attention. Be careful as you're digging into things uh, like shrubs. If you're lifting up piles of stuff, there could be insects in there that uh, are not going to be happy with you. Now, I, I have kind of a phobia about wasps. Not a fan of them at all. Though I don't get stung by them. I uh, I know that if I don't bother them, they won't bother me. But you better pay attention because they may be showing up when you definitely don't want them to. It may be a bit of a surprise for you to see some of the critters that will be out and about in this really gorgeous weather. This is gardening weather. This is gardening weather plus. So this is something that we can look to and enjoy. But you got to be prepared for it. Now, yesterday, my wife and I transplanted one of our fig trees. Not a very smart move on my part when I originally planted it. I had a 
what you would consider to be a unusual fig. It's called a panache, sometimes called a tiger. Produces a very, very tasty fig. But I planted it more than 250 feet away from my back door. I wouldn't even go check it for weeks at a time. And it finally reached the point where it put on stalks that did not freeze back to the ground. But being that far away, I wasn't going to be able to harvest or pay enough attention to it. So I dug it up and I brought it to uh, my backyard. It's just, you know, less than 20 feet from the back door. And we planted it and, uh, you know, dug up good soil for it, cleaned up the, uh, the nasty grasses that were growing where I planted it, mulched it, fertilized it. We're ready to go. This weather has been pretty awesome for this kind of a task. As a matter of fact, you may want to go out and check some of your fruit trees because things like your peaches, plums, apples, pears, they are going to need pruning. And they may need it sooner than you thought. They should be dormant now. My plums and pears, they don't have any leaves on them. They're dormant. So I should probably consider that I need to get with them and get them pruned properly because this kind of weather is going to be promoting early blooming and good growth. So I want to take care of them. I want them to produce a good crop for me. I want them to get plenty of good blooms, but they may show up a little early, so I don't want to wind up cutting off a bunch of them. I would rather trim them up and give them the shape they're supposed to have and remove the new growth that we don't need on it, things like that, and get them ready because I suspect, I mean, we don't really know. It looks like the next two weeks are going to be just totally awesome sauce to be out in the garden. Beautiful days, not so cold nights, maybe even some rain. Some of you probably got some rain last night. So this is going to be a situation where we're going to possibly have a warmer than normal winter. Now, of course, two weeks from now, we could all be bundling up because we're going to get a freeze apocalypse again. It's, it's nearly impossible to predict the weather two plus weeks out, but it's possible. February tends to be, tends to have some cold time here in central Texas. And I mean serious cold time. So trimming now simply prepares you 
so that your your plants, if the weather warms up early, they'll be able to get started early. If you prune them now while they are dormant and we get suddenly very, very cold, you're not going to harm the trees. This is this is going to be a pretty good scenario, especially if you have things to transplant. Transplanted that fig, <clears throat> I have a uh, I have a rose that I need to move also, and maybe looking at it over this next week or so, because the weather has been so and will be so perfect for being out in the garden. So something to look forward to if you uh, if you have things to do in the garden, have at them. Keep your eyes open though. This warmer weather, we may be seeing certain insects popping out before we expected it. You might be surprised by a pretty active wasp nest somewhere. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. <clears throat> Excuse me. Looks like a gorgeous day today. Great day to be outside in the garden. Sun, temperatures, everything right down the middle for a wonderful March-like day. Getting a little nervous. Gotta have some cold yet. I know nobody wants it, but uh, to get our best results on our fruit trees and things like that, we're going to need some more cold weather. Folks, let's go to the phone. This is Roger. Roger, what can I help you with? Hey, morning, Jeff. Yeah, I'm wondering if it uh, would be safe to put out uh, my cactus and succulents outside with the uh, nighttime temperature. Would that be too low? Shouldn't be. Um, I'm looking at uh, one of the weather uh, stations, and they're saying the low in te in central Texas, Monday to Tuesday, the low will be 42. Every other day is warmer than that. So those should be okay. Those are not bad temperatures at all for them. Okay. And I also would like to plant some bush beans. Is this the time to do that? Yeah, you can. But there's something you... You uh, need to wa watch on this. If we get a lot of rain, the the beans can rot in the wet soil. So you want to plant them, and of course you want to water them in. But you 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 want to kind of keep an eye on the weather to make sure you're not watering them in, and then we got like five days of rain. That may uh, uh, stunt the growth or actually rot the seed. But no, this is probably not a bad time to plant them to try to get ahead. They say the next two weeks is going to be like perfect gardening weather. 
that doesn't mean that the third week isn't going to be zero degree weather, but that's what we hope. Well, is there a, a better time to plant them, like uh, later in March or something? Yeah, our, our last frost is usually like, well, it's usually been around the 1st of March, depending on where you live. A couple of weeks before the last frost is really kind of pushing it. I think you'll get away with it fine now. It's just got to be prepared if we get some surprise super cold. You may have to go out there and cover them up. Okay. Well, I'll give that a shot, Jeff. I'll let you know. You have a good day. Thanks. You too. Thank you for the call. Yeah, folks, this weather is awesome, awesome, awesome. This is this is fantastic winter gardening weather. This is why we say the best seasons to plant in Texas are now. Everybody goes, oh, we can plant year-round here. Well, you know, you know, in a way you can, but you really got to pick the right plants. This weather probably gives us the broadest range of plants that we can put in the ground and get the most out of. Do, do we gamble that, ah, we're not going to have another freeze? Oh, no, 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 no. No, I, I'm not making that bet. I'm watching what's in the ground. I'm taking care of it. But for the most part, I can, if it's urgent, I can cover up things to keep them happy and healthy if we were to get some bad cold weather. We may get lucky. And and that's what it would be. And the problem with that, oh, we're lucky, you know, we didn't get too cold. Except, except, Many of our fruit trees need something called a chill hour. Chill hours are the time the plant spends between 32 and 45 degrees. If a plant needs 500 chill hours and you don't get 500, it may not trigger the plant to bloom. No blooms, no fruit. If you have a plant and it needs 450 hours and you get six or 700, then you have the risk of it blooms and everything, everything freezes off, all of the blossoms. My uh, loquat, I had a loquat just covered with blooms, and it froze, and I don't think I'm going to get any fruit off of it this year, which is really disappointing. Now, the tree has handled the weather, but the blooms didn't. So kind of have to deal with that. I think we would be better off if we could get some more chill hours. Now, how do you find chill hours? 
If you go to Weather Underground, use your favorite search engine and go to Weather Underground. Weather Underground uh, records and provides data from a lot of PWS systems. That's personal weather systems. Those are the ones you go out and you buy for yourself. You put them on the internet and people now know at your location where your weather system is, what the weather is like. Many of these systems will tell you what their chill hours were. That is one way you can find how many chill hours you got. It won't be perfect, of course, because the nearest weather station could be five miles from you, or it could be in a valley, so it gets colder anyway. But it's other than having your own weather station, that's kind of how you do it. Now, you can try Texas AgriLife. You can do some searches there and see, do they have a generic or general uh, chill hour chart for where you for where you live? They may or they may not. And their chart, rather than being what was this year's chill hours, their chart may say these are average chill hours. So. Chill hours are really important for fruit production. But you you almost need your own weather station and the software that runs it to be able to uh, automatically calculate those numbers for you. Now, before people go, wow, those are so expensive. No, they're not. They, they, they really aren't. You would be surprised what a $100 weather station can do for you. Now, the $100, that might be expensive to you. I get that. Um, you could spend $10,000. Those are available weather stations for you. Some farmers will actually use those so that they know what's going on in a field that may be several acres away. But you can get your own weather system, your own weather station that will tell you what were your chill hours so far this year. And that will tell you how you're doing and what your existing trees and their odds of producing fruit would be like. Doesn't, uh, doesn't mean that you can't find stations on weather underground near you that don't publish those numbers outright anyway. You may be able to find somebody close to you. And before you think that's silly, I can walk half a mile and in my neighborhood, I'll pass one, 
to three personal weather stations in people's backyards. So check that out. See if there are people in your area who have those weather stations already up and running and publishing what their chill hours were in that area. It also helps when you buy fruit trees, buy local. Your local nursery has a good idea of what the chill hours here are around here, and they'll bring in trees that should work in those chill hours. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We need to take a break for the news. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is James. James, what can I help you with? Morning, Jeff. Um, the jalapenos uh, in the greenhouse are about, you know, eight nine inches tall and uh i wanted to top them so i can get some uh better growth out of them they they got pretty uh branchy last year uh how far down do i uh cut the top out to uh to accomplish that um on the James, if you, yeah if you want to top them you want to make sure that you remove the current central bud. Whatever the tallest, most up on the plant uh, new bud there is, you want to make sure you remove that one. That's going to force the growth out to all of the side buds, which will give you that branching that you're looking for. Yeah, there's two branches. There's what I mean by branching is at the top of the plant, there's two branches that come on uh, early in the in the plant's life, about eight, nine inches tall. And I understand that that has to be removed, but I don't know how far down on the stem I need to go to accomplish that. Same thing. You Even if you have 10 branches like that, removing the farthest out tip bud will prevent uh, growth in that direction. And it will force the energy to start getting the plant to feed all of the other side shoots, side buds that are on it and make it branch out more. You may only have to cut off the first half inch or you can cut down 50%. You just want to make sure you get those uh, current top furthest out buds removed to get the plant to focus on the ones that are uh, lower on the stem and are going to side branch for you. Okay, that makes it a lot clearer. Uh, last year I had jalapenos with, with branches that were almost 36 inches long, and that was pretty much unacceptable. So. I think the way to do it is to top them uh, in the uh, in the nursery and and let them uh, bush out. Well, and you know, James, 
what you're doing also encourages a thicker canopy. You should have more leaf cover there. And the thing about that is um, I lost way too many peppers last year to the sun. The sun scalded them because I didn't have the kind of canopy I wanted. So what you're doing, you're not only making places to for the peppers to grow on, but you're providing more and more leaves, which will protect those uh, peppers from the direct sun. So you don't have to worry about them scalding or sunburning on you. Oh, that's, yeah, that's the plan. Um, I, had, I had some uh, this fall when I put the frost cloth on, I had some of those branches that were hiding underneath the, the row cover. They were so long. So I I think the topping will, will help with that. Yeah, it should. And speaking of peppers, James, um, I got some from, uh, I think they're from Territorial. They may be from Johnny's. Three years ago, four years ago, and I never opened the package. And we opened it up this year because we were out of any other pepper that we wanted. So we planted 10 seeds, and these are all uh, three to four years old. Nine out of the 10 of them germinated. I was very, very impressed. I didn't think I would get half of them. Um, And that's pretty good for seeds that simply sat in a drawer for three years. Peppers are a lot of fun, besides being a beautiful plant. They're mm-hmm. they're easy to uh, to get out of the seedling tray into your four inch pots. They 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 transplant real easy. It's if you use the happy frog, you can't go wrong. So I really like growing them. Yeah, speaking of which, my seed trays are full of happy frog too. So I totally get that <laughs> one. But they're doing great. So. You can do what you were talking about, James. Trim them plants back a little bit to encourage them to branch. That means more buds for flowers, which means more peppers. And it also means more leaf buds, which will protect those plants from the sun. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm going to do it. Good luck with it. Let us know how it goes. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for the call, James. Let's go. Uh, let's go to the phone. This is Paul. Paul, what can I help you with? Hey, good morning. Um, I'm a. This is my first time growing uh, strawberries, and I've got some in the ground. Um, some of them have been in the ground for a few months, and some of them I got in right before they freeze, but they survive. Now they're starting to put off uh, flowers. Should I pull those? flowers off now and wait until those uh, until the plants get really established or, or how should I handle that? Wow, that's you know, normally Paul at this time of the year we would be pulling off all of the flowers on strawberries until closer to the end of the month and then we would just let them go crazy to get as many strawberries as possible however this weather, this is perfect strawberry weather. 
cool evenings, not too hot during the day. If you leave those flowers on there, you may just wind up getting one awesome crop of strawberries. Can you remove them? Yes, you can. For another, I don't know, two weeks. And then let them go so that the, the flowers will start turning into strawberries for you. Or you can leave them now. I think this weather is just just unbelievable for how good a crop we could get. Hey, Jim, I, I, I'm sorry. It's like I, I, you were cutting out. So basically you're saying to go ahead and let them uh, stay on? Yeah, you can. If you want this weather, you stand a good chance of those flowers turning into strawberries for you. Okay. So, okay. So that's great. Yeah, they're just starting. They're just now starting to produce, and I'm, I was assuming it's because it's this warmish spell that we've got, which is a blessing and a curse. But yeah. Uh, you bet. You bet. <laughs> So you may wind up with an early crop, and um, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't complain about getting early strawberries. Uh, never, never. <laughs> All right. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for the call, Paul. Yeah, folks, this is strawberries are a good example right now, are a really good example our quote normal Texas weather, where we get a freeze or two during February, that look like we're gonna get one. Not sure, but we may make it through the rest of February without a freeze. If we were in normal weather, we would be pulling those flowers off of the strawberries so that the strawberries could get really good root systems, get really good plant size to them. And then when we get into weather, just like this weather, we would leave the flowers on there to produce strawberries. Um, this weather may be early and you may be able to just let your strawberries go and um, let the flowers turn into fruit for you. What's to lose, right? Nothing better than picking a strawberry right off of the plant when it's that beautiful fleshy red, take a bite of it, there are no better tasting strawberries. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Gotta take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, looking at some of the text questions that I'm getting in here. Let me check and make sure. Yeah. Um, We have this weird weather. That's the only way to phrase it. Um, we're, we need the cold. We really do. We may or may not get it. I have folks contacting, can, hey, can I 
trim my lantana? Can I cut back my sage? Yes, you can. But I, I need to remind you, unless you have some just revulsion to looking at those dead leaves, to looking at those plants, I got a huge patch of lantana. Everything is black. Because the leaves it froze. All of my Turks cap, same thing. If they even have leaves on them yet anymore. My salvias, uh, they're they're dying back a little bit too. I'm not going to go cut them yet. Can I? Yes, I can. I can. I can go trim all that back right now, especially if it looks like it froze once already. But I do not have to. I will not harm the plant by leaving them the way they are. And I will provide a ton of cover for all kinds of wildlife by leaving it the way it is. If you want to cut it, have at it. You're not going to hurt the plants. But you don't have to yet. You are you are pro providing you are providing habitat for wildlife from beneficial insects to butterflies to rabbits and birds and all kinds of things cutting all of that out means you're removing them you're removing that cover for them you can do it you can do it but do you need to do it right now? Is it okay to let them go a couple more weeks in this weather? We're going to have what looks to be pretty decent weather for the next two weeks. Can you do it then? Do you have to do it right now? Because if you don't, you are not causing any problems. You are not causing any problems leaving things the way they are. Now, uh, a little more intense question here is, um, let's say you have the the Texas sage, the Sinizo. You know, that grayish leaf, those beautiful purple flowers. How much can you cut it back? Technically, 50%. You want to use proper tools and you want to make really clean cuts. No half bent, half stripped, half torn out branches. Good clean cuts with clean tools. You could cut them back up to 50%. It's really funny. I see places that will cut more than that and the plant will still come back. But try to cut... Uh, Try to cut no more than half. And now would not be a bad time of the year to do it. You can get them trimmed back. You can shape them. You can turn them into those poodle dog bushes. You know what I'm talking about, right? The uh, topiary type appearance. You could do that now. That would be the least impact on those plants. Uh, they will not complain about it. But try to keep 
half or less. Don't cut more than half of the plant back. Um, let's see. This happens a lot. Most people have this problem. Where they'll plant a peach and they won't cut it back. They think peach trees are supposed to be these upright things, you know, really tall. They're not. So let's say you didn't cut the center stem back to create that scaffold that holds all the fruit in the branches and blooms. And you now have this very, very upright peach tree. Can you cut it back? Yes. You can start cutting out that uh, top of the tree. How much? You can go a third, a third to cut back that tree. And you might want to do it now because that gives everything chance to put on new growth, which means new blooms, new fruit. But peaches and plum trees should not be straight up and down central leaders. They should not look like apple trees. They want to be low, broad, like an upside down umbrella. That's how you want to keep them trimmed. Let's see, what else do we have? Um, oh, good reminder here. We're getting really close, folks, real close to potato planting time. You would plant tomatoes around uh, the middle of February, President's Day. So get ready for that. Plant them in the best soil you can provide them. You want about eight inches of depth and you want it to be really loose and friable. But you're coming close to potato planting time, so you should be ready for it. Hey, let's go to the phone. This is Brendan. What can I help you with? Good morning, Jeff, and thank you for taking my call. At the end of uh, December, uh, at a local farm and ranch supply, uh, I bought the, they had uh, four peach trees. Uh, that they wanted to get rid of, so I got all four of them, and I've had them in a bucket and keeping them outside, and about once a week, I would pour a gallon of water on each one of them. Now, it's got, like, uh, the sawdust and bark, what have you, around them, and uh, I'm getting ready to plant them. Now, I think this would be the, about the best time to plant them. Is, is that right? Correct. Okay. Uh, now, question. Should I go get something like potting soil and when I dig the hole is throw that dirt over to the side and put potting soil in it and stick what bare roots down in there or the literally the uh, all the uh bark and uh media what have you that's supporting that tree right now? No. You do not want to dig a hole and fill it with potting soil. If you dig the hole for the tree all that bark, 
stuff, material that you have there that's around the roots now can go in the hole. And you want um, a few shovels worth of a good quality compost. Doesn't matter what kind. Use a compost and blend it into the soil you dug out of the hole. When you put the tree in, leave that sawdust material, uh, backfill it with the soil that you blended the compost in, and that should give them a really good start. So what brand uh, compost would you suggest? Any. Any, okay. And one other question, uh, the soil where they're going in is a very sandy soil. And uh, uh, what kind of luck should I have with that with a peach tree? Probably pretty good. It, it, by default, it's going to drain really well. You're going to have to keep an eye on the watering of it because it's going to drain so well. As we get into hotter temperatures, you may have to go out there and give it supplemental water a little more often than you thought. But that okay. should be okay for the peaches. They, they should set good roots and um, work just fine. Just keep an eye on the water because they're going to drain so well. Okay. All right. Uh, I appreciate the information. I'll keep you posted on what kind of luck I've had. Uh, let us know, Brandon. I hope you get a lot of peaches off of them. Remember, you probably aren't going to get any this year. But oh, I don't expect you, any for two to three years. If I at least get them in the ground and they produce leaves, I, I will be very pleased about that. Got it. Got it. Just so long as you aren't expecting peaches this year, you may be surprised next year. Okay. I'm hoping for it. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thanks for the call, Brendan. Yeah, folks. All of our fruit trees, okay? All of our fruit trees. If you put a new one in the ground, you go to a nursery, you purchase the tree, you plant it perfectly, whether it's a pecan, um, uh, apple, peach, pear, plum, pomegranate, um, persimmon, you need to assume you're not going to get fruit for the first three to five years. Nothing wrong with that. It takes them that long to get established. Some of them can take longer. You plant a tree for the future, not necessarily for today. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Coming up on the top of the hour, we'll need to break for the news. I'll catch you on the other side.